This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler, here today with my co-hosts. Say hello once again to Eric Sneeders. Brady Campbell. Hi, Dave. And uh, say hi for the first time to new co-hosts, Erica Henderson. Hello. And Marissa Evers. It's Evers, but hi. <laughs> oh, Why is it Evers? Why out. is it Evers? I have to be difficult. You know... I get into this. I get into trouble all the time with my co-hosts' names. Longtime listeners will know that I. It's what I do. I screw it up. But how could I screw up? E V E R S. Yeah, I know. Everyone does it. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> I try, and that is what's important. Some people may disagree. <laughs> um, I want to. So I want to make an observation about the M1 class. I'm glad there are some M1s in the room. The M1 class this year is very interested seems very interested in joining the short code podcast unlike in other years oh that's good we're good it, it, yeah <laughs> it is good we're taking over the med school it is good i'm wondering <laughs> uh, so you know w- w- uh, longtime osac members uh, office of student affairs and curriculum members like myself as well as uh, students who have been around for a while um we we seem to ascribe personalities to different classes some classes are you know joiners some classes are more reluctant to jump in and do things. Some classes are very studious. I think uh, the M2 class is a bit of a reputation for uh, having a good time. I'm not gonna say what the good times are. They just have a good time. They know they, they you know, they do things. Um, we work very hard. And you do work very hard. I mean, that is, I mean, that is of course. And then we take time off. Yeah, no, that is of course the constant. You know, like all the classes work very hard, I think. But yeah, uh, aside from that, there is this sort of, you know, uh, class personality. And I don't know if it's a myth. What would you say that your class's personality is at this point? We're how many weeks into the semester? We're eight or nine. Eight or nine weeks. Yeah, I think you've, you guys are actually going to pass a class in today. medical school hey, today. Hey, yeah. Today, yeah. In 30 in minutes or an, an hour, hour or whatever. An hour and a half. Is that when you, you have an exam after yeah. this? Yeah. We yeah. finished foundations today. So you, you, you have an exam after the show today. Yes, See, yeah. that is why, that is, that is exactly the reason why I am surprised <laughs> at you guys, because usually it's like, oh, crap, I have an exam. I can't do anything before that. I have to study my, my little tokusaw. No, no, you got to take time off. Yeah. Just relax a little bit before it, so why I not? barely ever study the day before a test. <laughs> oh, I thought so. you said that. Uh, at all. I barely ever study. <laughs> Screw <it>. you. <laughs> that is definitely possible. It's like, oh, no. got a big shot. <laughs> no. It's more so where it's like, I don't know, afternoon tests, I'm not a fan of, so I would have rather had an 8 a.m. and gotten it over with. Mm-hmm. And I still would have been here, but it's nice to be able to actually be on the podcast, because normally our tests are during when you're recording. So Really? Well, because our tests sometimes happen at like 1030, and then so we get done technically at 1230. Oh, so you guys okay. are already halfway through the show. Right, right, right. What about, so so you guys, the M2s, 
Yeah, we had the we had the eight a.m. slot. Today. You had the eight a.m. slot yeah. today. That's why. Yeah. So. so you can blame them. We get that next year though. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, it varies by class. You'll have it later this year, maybe in the spring or something too. It's yeah. You guys, it's not consistent. You'll do at a little all. switchy changey. Okay. Yay. Uh, so anyway, we didn't, we didn't, so what would you, how would you, per, if you were to, oh, our class? yeah, personality to your class, what would you say? Right. I don't know a lot of our class yet. Yeah. Like, there are still people I haven't met yet, which is kind of bad. But yeah. Anatomy practical. <laughs> new person, like, who are you? There's some people who just don't show up to lecture um, and they only show up for like test days or required things. And Nick. certain times if, if you're staying within your learning community, you're not going to meet other people. So it depends on how social you are. If you had to break down, let's just, we're all in the same learning community, actually. We're in all McAllen. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you break this down and just in a McAllen, I'd, I would call us a little bit quirky. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, like we're all very, also very social. Like I cannot, I cannot study in McAllen. We just get way sidetracked. Like mm. this morning, what were we talking about this morning? We ended up something about the Yankees for like 30 minutes and then it, it just goes all over the place. It's a great meandering conversation in McAllen's. I so. do like hanging out in McAllen's. Yeah. We're, we're a fun crowd. Yeah. Um, not to say that the other communities are... Okay. <laughs> um, you have a very biased population here. Right? Well, when, I, when, when you first... When you, so the first time I got to meet you all was when I was sitting at that table during our student, organiza- oh. student oh, uh, yep. activities mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. And you guys were walking by and, and you know considering which activities to take part in and I was blown away by the number of people who actually signed up to who the number of people I didn't have to convince (laughs) to give me their email addresses so I could start sending them emails begging them to be on the show and I was super gratified by by that so I was like okay we got it we got a, a group of joiners I I love a group that. of joiners. A group of joiners. Okay. You join in. You, you not joiners in the sense as opposed to joiners versus followers, but, but people who wanted to do some things mm-hmm. aside from study medicine, which I of course always advocate for. <laughs> um, but you're also well dressed up that day. Were. Oh, so well, like right like, now? Yeah, they're all looking <laughs> at each other like, what the hell? My shirt has cactuses on it right now. So. But that day, you were also well dressed up. Was it our professionalism day that we had? It might have. I don't remember. Uh, I don't orientation remember orientation week at we, all. We just always dress up. I, well, that's what I was yeah, like. What do you mean? We're the class that, that dresses change. up. <laughs> yeah. um, I wear that like athleisure almost yes, every day. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, but I was... You know, not not knowing what the rest of the schedule was. I've since learned that there was something going on that day that, oh, you, were, okay. that you were dressed up for, and I don't remember what it we was. We just wanted to impress you, Dave. You well, know? you did. You. Like, this needs to be on my resume. <laughs> you I need did. to get into this. I'm going to put well-dressed <laughs> on your MSP. Um, well, I, I'm glad uh, to... I'm glad that you guys are, are joining in and, and, and getting involved with, you know, with stuff no matter what it is, um, but especially the podcast. Um, I, you know, Eric, uh, to, to change gears here, Eric, you posted, uh, on the shortcode student lounge, our Facebook page, yep. a video that really has taken me a couple of weeks to, uh, to really get around. Well, I wasn't around last week, so I wasn't <laughs> able to do the show. We did the pets show last week. So, uh, but about slow-mo. Video about slow mo. Yeah, tell us a, tell us a little bit about slow mo. Yeah, so slow mo is this. He's now retired. Uh, he was a neurologist and a psychiatrist. He was double board certified. 
Um, I think he was like in his 40s when he suddenly thought of himself as as an asshole, I guess is the way he described yeah. himself. <laughs> and so he like made this radical, radical change in his life. So he quit his medicine jobs. I think he's in somewhere in California on the San beach Diego. now, San Diego. All he does all day long is roller skate and just roller skates for fun, has a blast. Um, he's, he's called slow-mo because people think that he's, it looks like he's moving in slow-mo. He loves to, so when he roller skates, he's not on two skates, he's on one skate. So he'll put one leg way behind him in a full hip extension, if everyone knows what that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, get those anatomy terms in there. <laughs> and, um, and we'll just go with it. And it's this video from the New York Times, it's like 14 minutes long. And in it, he talks about um, acceleration and how that makes him feel good and makes him feel happy and how he thought he had a disease from it because um, he was too happy which is such a psychiatrist thing <laughs> to say um, and yeah so that's how he lives his life now and it I was reading through some of the comments and I thought it was crazy because there were the people that were like oh yeah live your dreams have a good time and then obviously he was a neurologist and a psychiatrist so he's probably getting paid pretty well for the 30 years that he practiced and then so there's these people that are saying I mean, well really well because yeah 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 he, has a, he, he had a sports car collection an ex, uh, a mansion he lived in a mansion mm -hmm. he had an exotic <laughs> animal farm I mean who doesn't but <laughs> casual basic necessities I mean he was yeah. a rich guy he was very rich yeah and so the comments were saying well how could anybody else do this unless you were filthy rich and right. go off and live your life and do what you actually want to do? So there were like two sides to this argument, and I found it really intriguing. Well, you're, you're, when you posted it, your, your comment was, are we all going to be this guy someday? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that, yeah, it really got me. I mean, so one of the things that I am, I am concerned about with you guys, not you in particular, but you know, medical mm -hmm. students, it, and I've said it on the show before, as you know, I repeat myself, I apologize, but um, I'm an old man. And one of the things I'm concerned about is that you all don't go from here, uh, your medical student selves, you're humble for the most part, you're conscious of what you're doing and maybe the way you're living your life and all that kind of stuff. You have uh, simple wants and needs. You just want to pass the test. <laughs> you know, you just want to get a good enough score, board score to get where you need to go. You know, that kind of thing. To the a-hole that um, that doctor uh, or that Dr. Slomo describes mm -hmm. of the, he called it, you know, the, the overeducated white male with a lot of money. And, uh, of course, you know, two of you in this room are not going to be the white male. Good job. <laughs> but, well done. Uh, we had so much say in that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something that concerns me because, I mean, you know, you, you're, you're potentially, some of you are potentially in a position to become big shots. And big shots, in my experience, uh, tend to believe their own press releases in the sense that, you know, the, the, the view, the, the projection... Let me try that again. The the image that they project to the world is, you know, one of you know uh, uh, competence, cockiness, uh, uh, kind of the savior complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also just like you know, not uh, you know, not humble. I guess is where where I'm going. Um, not everybody does that. Probably the same. It's probably not 
Well, I don't know. Like it could be like really more than the general population of people. I don't know. But it scares me. It makes me nervous because you all are so cool at this point. <laughs> and, uh, and it worries me. So that's why I want to talk about Shlomo. Or Shlomo, not Shlomo. <laughs> Shlomo. What do you think are the... So I guess my question to you is, let's yeah. say you want... Let's say you guys want to replicate Shlomo's joie de vivre. Oh. Uh, his joyful exuberance for life. But you don't want to give up your 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 uh, medical career at some point. Do you guys ever think about this? What are you going to do to prevent to to live your best life? Silence. Going like going forward. How are going we, forward? How are we going to not become this asshole? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's easy yeah. to say. Of course, I'm not going to become that guy. But I I would be curious to see if you could kind of proactively and retroactively look at the kind of people who do become kind of this complex of an asshole and see why they originally went into medicine. I wonder if there are certain people who are more prone to trend that way once you get through and you're making a lot of money. Whereas if people come into healthcare because they just truly care about taking care of other people, I wonder if there are some other factors at play. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about an end of, one here so it's really hard to <laughs> draw conclusions about where he came from and, and like what. maybe he just wanted to make a lot of money yeah and he, did and he that. eventually <laughs> decided that it wasn't for him oh I, I mean one of the things that i've been thinking about lately is uh you know i, I just finished up as as many listeners know because i can't stop talking about it <laughs> just finished up uh writing um medical student performance evaluations uh for the process of getting a residency match and one of the things that happens at this time of year is people occasionally come in and they're like you know what uh i graduated from here last year and i went into this residency and i've changed my mind and i want to go through the match again because i'm not satisfied or uh, it's not working out the way i wanted to or my circumstances changed or whatever uh the implication there is that the wrong choice was made you know, the choice was made and it didn't give them joy. Maybe. So that's one reason I've been thinking about it as well. Like, was a mistake, you know, was there a mistake made, you know? You guys, you guys aren't ready yet to answer this question. Because <laughs> you've only been here for a few weeks and you've only been here for a year. You haven't even begun your clinical rotations yet. So it's really hard for, for you to make. But it's something that I, that I think about. Um, I'm kind of glad that the clinical portion of the curriculum is now two and a half years rather than just two, because it gives you more time to Let's explore our options. Yeah. It's one of the main reasons I chose to come here. Is that right? Oh, no, that's mm -hmm. cool. So you were, th you were thinking ahead, like, because I think it might be tempting to come in and be like, well, they're going to tell me what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, or people come in and they're like, I already know what I want to do. I, I want to be a CT surgeon. Right. I had a lot of help because my sister-in-law was going through med school when I was applying for mm -hmm. med school. And so I just bombarded her with all of my questions. And uh, she just kind of laid it all out in front of me where she's like, listen, like I came into med school wanting to do X, Y, and Z. And I changed my mind at least 100 times. <laughs> and so I think it was really good for me to see that aspect and be like, you don't need to know what you want to do because you haven't even ex like been exposed to it at all. So quit trying to plan every single detail of your life. Just go in and learn as much as you can possibly like learn and 
go from there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she went to a program that was two and two. And um, I think like many schools, many schools up until are like that. recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she didn't figure out, she went into dermatology, um, but she didn't figure out that she wanted to do that until like the end of her third year. And she felt behind because then you have to go and do residency applications. Yeah. And so I think it's nice that we have more time to get exposed to that and do electives and selectives rotations to actually kind of see what we do want to do and shout out to auntie for putting you on that uh right sister-in-law sister-in-law shout out to sister-in-law for putting you on that track amazing yes i love her so that's good advice um what about you guys did you get you i mean other than being a doctor do you want to do you know what you want to get into i i'm just trying to keep like an open mind with it (laughs) like marissa said like going in with an open mind and seeing what i could be good at um and what kind of fits my lifestyle as well uh, because that's important to me i mean i don't want my job to be my life um, and my life to be my job I want to have other facets of my life such as my family and like what I enjoy doing well you've already eliminated many se- several I know, right? several specimens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down a dangerous path now of closing myself off I mean you know that's that's all right you at least you know that much right yeah but I am excited that we get like that extra I guess like six months of being in in clinic and can kind of figure out where we want to go from there uh i am family med all the way right now okay um i don't know why i just i really like old people and babies and that's what a lot of (laughs) family med is and i really love you know like the longitudinal relationships that you have with people and like being a family med you're it's easier i think to become part of the community too because especially if it's a smaller community because everybody like knows you because they come to see you and then they want to hear about everybody else's health problems and you have to turn them away <laughs> uh, from that. Uh, but it's just like, that just sounds like so much fun and it'll, I mean, I'll probably be on call all the time, but it'll like hopefully give me chances to not be an asshole. Cause it'll like seeing people grow and develop over time, I think really helps mm-hmm. with that too. No, it's fantastic. We need more people coming in saying that too, but mm-hmm. are you from a small town? Yeah. I grew up like an hour North of, uh, Iowa City, 5,000 people. So I didn't think it was a small town. And then I <laughs> went to a, a un- my undergraduate university and like, oh, we have 5,000 people. And they were like, that is the tiniest thing I've ever heard of. And I was like, that's not small at yeah, all. Not in Iowa. <laughs> no. For sure. What about you, Brady? Are you... Uh... Uh, I waver a lot. Yeah. I changed just like what I enjoy doing on a monthly basis. But um, if I had to pick one today, I'd probably be looking at emergency med okay, cool. due to the, due to the lifestyle. But okay. I, um, I was looking at part, part of the, what uh, slow-mo got me thinking about what is happiness, right? Mm-hmm. So of course I looked it up on the internet and, uh, a Marion Webster or like a Wikipedia. Or Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. okay. Wikipedia. Good. Good. But I did find in Wikipedia, there is a such something called a world happiness report, uh, hmm. f- uh, done by the United Nations sustainable development solutions network. And, uh, it's interesting. They, they attempt to boil down the definition of happiness to an extent that may or may not be uh, true, but which rings a little bit true to me. So, uh, Six dimensions of happiness. Um, GDP per capita. Uh, gross domestic product. Uh, social support. Healthy life expectancy. The freedom to make life choices. Generosity. I'm assuming among the general population, not of... Yeah. <laughs> trust and trust or absence of corruption. 
so I looked through this. Where uh, do, where's the U.S. rank? Oh, man. Probably pretty low. Two, 212? <laughs> certainly not the lowest. Yeah, I mean, no, we're, no. we're no Bosnia-Herzegovina. But is, uh, is Denmark first? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Denmark is first. So, so we'll contrast the two. Um, which do you think, of those six uh, dimensions, GDP, generosity, social support, life expectancy, freedom, and freedom to make life choices, and absence of corruption what do you think is the highest and lowest of those dimensions for the for the u.s or? yeah for the u.s oh, oh okay wouldn't gdp be that no maybe gdp would be the highest for the u.s yes yeah that's true what, what do you think is I the would, lowest i would freedom maybe okay i think we take it for granted mm -hmm. any other suggestions maybe corruption if it's not freedom all right yeah, actually, uh, freedom and uh, absence of corruption, trust, those are the bottom two. Mm -hmm. um, number 41 for freedom of 150 countries, and number 50 in trust or absence of corruption. Um, GDP is the highest, generosity is the second highest, social support is the third highest, and life expectancy is the fourth highest at number 33 of the 150 companies. Wow. 30, in the US. In the, where, I, thought it, I thought it was even worse than that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, where is, is North Korea on there? I did not look at North <laughs> Korea. Uh, the Coming in hot at number 19. <laughs> right, right. The happiest country, as you said, is Denmark. Um, and they are number four in social support, number four in trust, number seven in freedom to make life choices, number 17 in GDP, number 29 in generosity, and number 30 in healthy life expectancy. Um, so I guess if I were to analyze this, I would say that happiness equals social support, trust, and freedom. Not necessarily yeah. mm -hmm. um, GDP, you know, wealth, basically. Yeah. I don't think that's something we figured out in the U.S. No. for sure, though. We try to buy our happiness a lot. We what? We try to buy our happiness a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, there's the there's uh, there's an economics term. My old roommates are rolling in their grave, but it's above a certain <laughs> Did amount. Did you kill them? <laughs> <laughs> Not in the grave. Goodness. <laughs> rolling their eyeballs. Okay. Um, where above like X amount of dollars, say like sixty thousand dollars, there's very little return on happiness. So once you yep. meet yeah, your that, yeah. like mm -hmm. stable needs of like house, shelter, uh, food, water, all that there's diminishing returns on however large your GDP would be. Part of me speculates, though, that with, uh, you know, the, the, the current Powerball is, I think, 94 million. Oh, okay. Go buy a ticket. That would I, make me happier. I think I could get a few, <laughs> a few extra points of happiness. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that, that's the American way, right? Like, money makes me happy. I mean, I could see how that the reverse might be true. In fact, you know, there's people who win the lottery who are just miserable mm -hmm. after doing that. We've talked about this on the show, too. Um, <laughs> I, this is yeah. tangential, but would you guys continue into medicine if you won $94 million today, or would you do something else? I think I would want to continue with medicine just because, like, I could see myself... Like, I don't see myself doing anything besides medicine, and I don't think I would do it for a paycheck then. I would want to go, like, travel the world and just, like, be a traveling doctor so then I could have two of my loves of medicine and travel combined <laughs> traveling that sounds like a, the new hit abc <laughs> <laughs> a traveling doctor 
Could you have like a fun little bag that you like take along with you and like like an old time, an old timey little like leather bag? Sure. Making house calls across the world. Be great. Why not? I gotta go to China today. Oh darn. <laughs> I don't know. I was just going with that. The more I, the oh, more darn. I think about it, the, the better I like this as a as a '90s television. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I would quit medicine. What? Yeah, for sure. What I would. would you do? I would become a jazz musician. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, okay. I was do actually you play. Yeah. Okay. Just like you're gonna learn. <laughs> I know how to play. I'd be a jazz guitarist, and I like know how to play guitar. So. I'm not just one of those people. Like, I'm gonna learn. And it never works. It never works. No. Um, I don't, I just I always keep thinking about slow mo, and like he's just he's not in medicine anymore, and he's loving life, and like mm-hmm. I really do like medicine, but ah, uh, just it brings up thoughts in my head. Not heads. I only have one. Head. <laughs> Damn you, <Yeah>. slow mo. <laughs> no, I would for sure continue in medicine. I don't know. Like it's just so cool. Like the things that we're learning about. I, I mean, and it's like I feel like as I go on, the more I learn, the less I know. And so like that just keeps like propelling me to want to go forward and just like learn it all, which obviously is completely impossible. Um, as I have seen in this like first what two months, and so uh. But no, I want to like go on and still do medicine and still like serve and that'd be hugely important to me. I'd probably like want to take a little more time with like my future family. That would be great. But no, for sure. Still do medicine. Well, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. You you mentioned um, something that made me think about HGTV. Oh, yeah. You oh, mentioned oh. Love, I HGTV. love HGTV. Yeah, but here's the so thing. Much. What are we talking about? That's so fake. Here's the thing. All of their Chip faces and just lit up. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna engage in the debate of reality TV versus not <laughs> okay. reality. Okay. Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. I mean, like. The, I mean, we can, we can do that. That's fine. <laughs> but my the point I want to make is that HGTV makes me a less happy person. <gasps> Why? Because I watch it and it makes me acquisitive. It makes me think. Oh yeah, I need that uh, house. That that new, um, you need the dream home. I need the dream home. I need to you know go and and shop for a new house with my wife and this and, and children and and end up with a mansion, you, you know, for like five hundred thousand dollars. Have you seen the tiny houses though? Yeah, tiny homes. Well, okay, That's so we'll talk thing. about that. We 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 can talk about that too because I actually kind of like that idea. I was just yeah. talking to my wife this morning about that idea on the way to work. But the point is that it makes me want mm-hmm. things. And this is probably, a, this could be a failing of mine, but the, the fact is that HGTV exists to sell you things, right? I have I, never correct. like felt like that. I don't know. I grew up watching HGTV with my mom. Yeah. It was more so something where um, we were really into like, organization and like design type of thing so i like seeing what people come up with yeah i like seeing the creativity yeah and i like that too yeah, yeah. i don't i get angry when i watch like international like house hunters and all that stuff and they're like i need 17 bedrooms <laughs> they get so compatible about it bathrooms or, like for two people yeah that's excessive but i think it's i like to see how p- other people like create i can't wait till we get to the year 2045 or whatever 
and they're like, this week on House on International House Hunters, Marissa <laughs> Evers uh, is looking for a mansion. She's <laughs> buying her own island. She's looking to expand because since she travels all yeah. the world yeah, as the traveling doctor, yeah. she needs homes everywhere. Think, yes. <laughs> She'll she needs a place series. to park her wacky doctor's bag. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, and, and so on. I, I'm a big YouTube uh, watcher, mm-hmm. um, and I do watch a lot of uh, tiny house uh, things on YouTube. Um, there's a lot out there, so if you haven't, ex- if you've just confined yourself to HGTV, visit YouTube, okay. search for tiny houses. <laughs> You'll have a lot more to watch. My girlfriend lives I don't know in a tiny happened. house. What's that? My girlfriend lives in a tiny house. That's really? amazing. Yeah, she builds it herself too. Really? Like no joke. They're very doable if you know what you're if you're doing. Like uh, I helped her build it this summer. We put the roof on. She lives in Oregon, and so she bought a um, a tw- eight nine foot wide by like twenty foot long trailer and just built it onto that uh, with the studs and. Is she on YouTube? She's not on YouTube. She could be famous, though, she, now. She could be. It's probably not an HGTV quality tiny home, because those are probably like eighty, ninety thousand dollars 90000 Well, th- yeah, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so um, what, what, the, the reason I brought up YouTube, uh, and I want to talk more about this. Yeah, you'll go back to YouTube, Because <laughs> I am. But the reason I brought up YouTube is that right now on YouTube, some financial services company is blitzing YouTube with commercials featuring tiny children talking about um retirement what and it's supposed to be cute like like oh look at these tiny children talking about their retirement goals ha 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 um you should really start thinking about this as early as possible kind of thing <gasps> that's scary and bleh, <laughs> i mean come on it, it's just like i mean i get it you know in this country we have to be we have to be thinking about money because someday we're going to get old and nobody will love us anymore and we'll have no money. And so we need to be thinking now about retirement. Okay, so I'm 47, so you know, I'm, already, I'm already there. But the point is, the point is, ew. Okay, speaking of acquisitiveness, ew. All right, I'm off my high horse. So you just like don't like being faced with your future while trying to distract yourself from and enjoy your free time? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But, uh, okay, so back to the tiny house thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, that aside, though. Yeah. It was interesting. What is your girlfriend's first name? Uh, Shelby. Shelby. Yeah. Uh, send us pictures, Shelby, number one. Yes. I have some on my phone. Well, I want to hear from Shelby. Okay. What it's, because you're here now. Yeah, that's true. Did you live in the tiny house? No, I okay. just helped build it. All right. Uh you're my new best friend because I think you're going to build me a tiny helmet. She's moving it out here this summer, actually. Really? Yeah, she's going to move into Iowa. So I want a tour. you should be best friends with Shelby instead. I want a tour. Yeah, yeah you're right. She... We have to find a place to put it, though. That's the issue with tiny homes. Yeah, right. And what they won't tell you is you can build them all you want, but since they're not a house, they can't be zoned certain ways. So then you, well, you can't put, you couldn't live in one in, in Iowa City right now. Well, that's why they put you them on wheels, to. right? So Because the, they're not permanent. Yeah, structure. but then you're an RV and you have to like move every oh. so often, oh, like every month or something. I see. Unless you're in an RV park, but... She well, doesn't want to live in an RV park. There's always or, unincorporated Iowa. Yes. I that's had, what we're looking um, into. I had undergrad friends who lived in a Winnebago, mm-hmm. and they just like parked it at their friend's place in the driveway. And oh. so they lived next to a house in a Winnebago. I'll tell you what. I would let you park <laughs> uh, in my driveway 
if we can use your second bathroom. <laughs> use your, your, your place as a second bathroom. Oh my gosh. Do tiny I will... homes to have two bathrooms? No, no, no. I mean, we could, yeah, no, she, I only have one bathroom. I could just pop over and be like, hey. Can I? Good morning. Do you do you have teenage boys or girls? I have a teenage boy and a preteen girl. Oh, wow. Yeah, you might need a second You want to live in a smaller need... space with them? <laughs> no, uh, we were talking, my, my wife and I were talking about this in the car this morning in terms of like, you know, simplifying our lives. And, um, and, and you know, I, like I said, we're already pretty simple, but, uh, but you know, someday the kids are going to be gone. Maybe at that point we will downsize to the point where we can, you know, just get rid of all of the, all you know, the debt. Mm-hmm. And you know, keep it simple, stupid kind of thing. That would be interesting. That would be nice. But anyway, God, we're talking a lot about me today. <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom is right below the loft, though, so not is my it? problem. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's not his home. That's right. Um, well, the other thing I was reading about was what if this westernized way of life isn't the best way for people to live? Mm-hmm. Right. So another thing that cropped up on NPR, this all seems to happen at once, and I think it's just because I'm paying attention, but uh, there was an NPR story about a book uh, that called Affluence Without Abundance, and it's basically a you know, look at um, uh, hunter-gatherers and how they live their lives. And one of the things that I read that caught my attention, I got to read the book, actually, because there's probably more to this than they can fit in an article, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, describes the uh, study in, from the 1960 of Bushmen in the Kalahari Desert of Namibia, not Nambia, <laughs> um, where they figured out how to spend only 15 hours on food gathering and maybe 15 to 20 hours on domestic chores. And then they get to spend the rest of their time like... That's per week. Messing about, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. I was like, it's like, that's 30 hours. What? <laughs> they, there's only 24 in a day. Um. You know, nominally, that's not much less than the 40-hour work week. Yeah. So, you know, that's something to be taken into account. Um, But, you know, they spend the rest of their time on their family and their friends and their hobbies. Um, But they weren't... The the important thing was they weren't constantly chasing the things that they don't have. Uh, Happiness, as they pointed out in this article, for Americans seems to be an aspirational thing. You know, like, oh, God, I hope someday I'm happy. (laughs) <laughs> you know someday you know what i'm saying yeah. like like oh i hope that whatever path i'm on leads me to be happy it's not something that you are right now some a lot of times yeah which is sad yeah so you've which got is, the ira it's, it's an everyday struggle especially when we have tests every other week yeah so i mean basically as soon as monday hits you're like oh, i just can't wait till friday after my exam so like are you wasting those four days or are you finding something to do yeah that makes you happy other than looking at a computer. Yep. I think there's a joke that we have where it's like in med school so far, all I've learned is how to complain. <laughs> and it's like every single day I am complaining and then I catch myself doing it and I'll be like, ah, oh, you should be like happy and grateful for way more than you are. But I, it's so easy to just be like, oh, it sucks. I have to study all day or I have to do this or that and right. rather than appreciate it. Yeah. I like force myself to read. Like I used to love to read for fun. And I like in undergrad, I totally forgot about that. And then now that I'm back like in med school and it's, I'm like trying to force myself to read for fun again. And it's like been helping a little bit, but you just like, you just forget about what actually makes you happy. Cause 
you're on like that path to happiness and you think well unless i get 100 percent on this exam that i won't be able to go to this and complete step one and then i won't be able to get this residency and it's a snowball yeah you mm -hmm. just get lost it's like yeah snowball mm -hmm. yeah well i mean that's you, you got to keep doing the things that make you you yeah um mm -hmm. to so that you don't forget about who who you are i mean you've got you it's four years uh you know ideally it's four years of med school that's a lot of time for you to forget that yeah. which made you happy before mm -hmm. you before you got here so anything else you want to say about happiness about the path the, the pursuit the pursuit <laughs> of happiness <laughs> the pursuit it's yeah you're right it's literally uh, written into the constitution like it's the pursuit of happiness how did that happen? It's not something that we, it should be the right to be happy, right? Not it should just be yeah. we should make living an in happiness. Right. We should, we should Somebody write, up with the government. write your Congress people. <laughs> <laughs> While you're trying to get our children healthcare back yeah. and also yes. needle exchange passed, let's just call them up and also tell them that we are happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's change that part of it. Okay, fair enough. Speaking of the pursuit of happiness, some people, maybe some people in this room, oh. feel like the pursuit of happiness includes having a tattoo. I'm not going to mention, is there anybody in this room who has a tattoo? I do. Oh. I have multiple. Tell me about your tattoos. Uh, so I have four. Keep it um, clean. <laughs> they're all very simplified. I have two on my arm, one on my ribs, and one on my back. Okay. So they're all covered up when I wear sleeves that are... What, what are they of? So I have coordinates on the back of my arm that go to my like hometown because okay. it just reminds me of my family and just like where I came from. And then I have um, a quote from the song You Are My Sunshine on the inside of my arm because this is actually the first one I got. Um, it's the first memory I ever have is my mom singing me You oh. Are My Sunshine. It's okay. also... It says the words uh, when skies are gray because mm -hmm. it's just a reminder every single day of even when things are kind of crappy like there's something to be grateful about um i have the word always on my ribs because mm -hmm. i'm a harry potter nerd and so <laughs> um it's a reference to severus snape uh so if you uh, haven't ever read it or seen the movies you won't get it but that yeah we yeah. don't want to give it away <laughs> um and then i also have trees and mountains on my back because i'm happiest out in nature and I like to explore, so have I will you, get more. Have you, know. you well, I'm glad you say that because have you considered uh, tattooing your eyeball? Oh, of course, who hasn't? <laughs> have you, I mean, is <laughs> no, this something you, no. you knew about? Like, did you know that I, do this? I think the weirdest tattoo I'd ever heard of was the lip tattoo. Yeah. I knew Ooh. someone who actually had swear words tattooed on the inside of their <laughs> lip. It rubs off really easily. It's a really dumb thing to do. Uh, but I've never heard of the eye tattoo. I yeah. think that's really concerning for like health reasons. I don't think this is a new thing, but I do think that, uh, well, this, uh, in the past couple of weeks, uh, this article about this Canadian model who is um, regretting her eyeball tattoo, a procedure called a tattoo, a sclera tattoo. Mm -hmm. So basically you get your the whites of your eyeball tattooed a different color um it must be i mean i could see it. it's kind of tempting it's in like a nice white space no. that's not like filled with something else you know clean canvas yeah i mean it's yeah exactly it's a clean slate that you could uh that you could do something on well she got her tattoo done i think by her boyfriend yeah. who that did not know well. what he was doing um but he convinced her to do it um it turns out 
it sucks because <laughs> her her uh, her eyeballs constantly weeping uh, 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 tattoo ink purple ink yeah. tattoo oh. ink um, she's probably gonna lose her eyesight in that eye and um, they some people have lost their entire eyeball uh, over this they got apparently the, the boy the mistake the boyfriend made was using too big a needle going too deep and tattooing someone's eyeball that makes me want to those are the up. three mistakes <laughs> why i mean if it hurt why didn't she say stop like well because i mean most people tattoos thing i mean they're not super painful but like depending on the place that you get them i mean you get poked in the eye it's gonna be painful no matter what now just have repeated jabs yeah. so you're just gonna be like well that's painful but this is how a tattoo is supposed to feel you're right it sounds like a stupid idea i'm sorry i'm sorry canadian model <laughs> I wonder uh, that how this many gigs happened to. She got nobody after deserves. That. Nobody deserves to have this happen to them. You know for sure. So I don't want to be a complete jerk about it. But good God, she should yeah, come is, here. If uh, is it too like jaded a of a thing to say that like we shouldn't feel bad for her because she should have just thought about this a little more. Uh, she was gosh. trying to be supportive of her boyfriend and his endeavors in his career. I think that was it. <laughs> I think that was that was it. Her boyfriend is he a wannabe tattoo artist or? I, that's the impression I got from reading a couple oh, of different okay. articles. Maybe uh, it was for free and it was the back it, of it's free. <laughs> I mean, just the the infection risk alone is terrifying. Yeah, I got a picture. Alone. I've got a picture here of a uh, uh, Canadian model lady. Um, is Which, the person on the front of oh. that sheet someone who has also lost their sight or just someone who tattooed their eyes I blue? I think that's just somebody who probably that's... was successful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty, I think I would. This is relatively not do this. new, right? I mean, like, this isn't a common practice. It's, it's hard for me to know. I mean, this is basically, this isn't s tattooing so much as, in my view, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, as a person who wears a tattoo or has a tattoo. <laughs> I wear, I wear, wear them. Put it on every day. <laughs> but this is, this is moving from the garden variety tattoo to more extreme body modification, it seems I would agree me. with you, yes. Yeah. I mean, this, this is the, maybe the person who gets the, the eyeball tattoo would also be the same person who has their penis bifurcated you know like that's a thing yes yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yes it is should have recorded their reactions <laughs> um uh. but you know so i'm sure i'm i'm sure she's not the first person i'm sure she's not among the first people to get this uh quote-unquote procedure done but yeah don't 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 do this I think I, I think other tattoos are you know if you if you needed me to judge uh, tattoos in general fine I, I have no problem with it my wife has a little tattoo you know I don't but that's because I'm a baby <laughs> but don't get your eyeballs tattooed it's just not a just I'll cancel there's, my appointment there's yes. <laughs> hundreds of other places you could tattoo your body yeah, yeah. so much blank oh, canvas yes. or well, it's interesting we, we were saying contacts just get some colored yeah. contacts yep. maybe. Yeah. This girl is like has multiple tattoos because in this picture she has a chest tattoo. Yeah. Um, but then in the article it says she got the tattoo to make her feel at home in her body. So, so I think you're right. There might be like some body dysmorphia. I think there's. On. I think this is a thing. You know, like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, and you know, I don't want to spend too much time diagnosing somebody I've ever met, <laughs> but at the same time, it's hard to escape that <laughs> that i that idea. Um, 
I think some people just like getting tattoos, you know, right? It is. I, yeah. I will be honest. After I got my first one, I kind of had this sense of a high. And so it becomes what people will call an addiction. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to, like, get a sleeve. Yeah. Uh, but that's. Oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a couple years away, but it's definitely something where it's like. Do you think that would be something that your patients would be uh, concerned about? I, d- I think it depends on the population because I know, like, I'm from rural Iowa. And your, your, your patient population is going to be like uh, uh, bikers. Yeah. <laughs> Traveling bikers. Right. She'll be like, with, her, with her little funky bag. Yes. In China. <laughs> Can you have like an no, Instagram? She, you want to just follow you? She'll like, see it because she'd have a leather jacket on. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, leather scrubs. This, this like, is getting tattoo. weird. Doctor, <laughs> doctor to the doctor to the yakuza. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I didn't... <laughs> my future looks bright. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, you know, there's you'd be helping people. They they probably deserve help too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> What were you saying? Um, I know. Oh, it's like yes. The Pays sleeve. Population. Right. So, like, I have the most tattoos in my family. Um, and my dad has none. And every single time I get one, he kind of rolls his eyes. And he's just like, I don't know why you do that. But whatever. It's your body. Um, dads, dads roll their eyes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I think more so where it's like, the, at least right now, I've seen, like, the older population in the reaction to my tattoos kind of just, like, roll their eyes at me or, like, scoff. And they're just like, Ugh, I don't know why you do that. Like, why would you put that on your skin? Whereas, like, my generation slash, like, people, I would say, like, under the age of 40-ish don't care. Yeah, it's changing. Yes. It's definitely so, changing. By the time I... I like to say by the time I'm I'm an adult, no one will care because I don't count myself as an adult right now. Yeah, no, it's coming sooner than you think. By the way, you you basically got four years. (laughs) Um, No, I will say that I didn't. That I still occasionally don't feel like an adult, and that uh, the I didn't start feeling like an adult until I had a mortgage and children. So, you, I mean, maybe you're you guys will be different because you're you know going to become doctors and responsible for people but until that moment i was responsible for just me and that's what you know that's what changed my viewpoint it'll be it would be interesting to find out like from i think most people i think most older people like myself and i'm not that old but i think most older people like myself still think of themselves as 20 year olds (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes we're rudely awakened like you know after we went on the bar crawl or you know when we tried to do a cartwheel in the hallway (laughs) Have you done Chris, that recently? My wife did. <laughs> yeah, she tried to do that in the hallway in a in a hotel. It was a long hallway. <laughs> did not work out well. <laughs> I just want to ask, like, what kind of conversations do you have with tattoo artists? With a, <laughs> wait, with a tattoo artist? Yeah, like the guy is just like working on your arm for like um, hours at a time. Oh, I so mean, like mine have never taken like hours. Okay. Um, and my longest one, I'm be honest, I fell asleep. So <laughs> I hear people like, how can you just fall asleep? Isn't it I, hurt? You're kind of a badass. Thanks. Yeah. I try. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have a high pain tolerance. And okay. So like, the, she's a badass. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brady. Or has um, a neurological disorder. <laughs> <laughs> Either or there's probably both. Um, no. So like my first one, I, it took less than five minutes to finish and oh. I, it was more ticklish than it was painful. Um, <laughs> I would describe it more so as like an annoying thing, not really a painful. So like if you just had someone who just like p- 
poked you a lot. Oh, okay. You're just like, okay, you, like you can stop that. It's not like, ow, it's just a nuisance. Um, it depends on definitely where you get it at. Like if you have full detail, t- detailed colored on your ribs, that's a very sensitive area and it's very bony. So you're going to bleed and it's going to hurt the longer it takes. But for conversation wise, um, usually uh, it's pretty relaxed. Uh, my last two, I last tattoo I actually got in Canada. And so they oh. were just like really confused. They're like, why would you come here to get a tattoo of something that's from Iowa? And I was like, because why not? I'm on vacation. So I kind of did that spur of the moment. I, f- I imagine it's a lot like going to the barber. Yeah, or to the or to the hairstylist. Uh, yeah, that's probably a good way. Yeah, I mean, you it. make usually you will like make an appointment beforehand and give them an idea of what you want or like sit down depending on like how intricate it is. Mm-hmm. Mine were pretty simple, or I drew them up myself because they were like of importance to me, and I had like a specific idea. Some tattoo artists don't like that because it's like it's they're an artist, so they want to create it themselves if they're going to put it on you. Um, yeah, no, you do that on your own body. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make some choices here. <laughs> so yeah, it's usually they're they're very outgoing people, so they'll usually kind of steer the conversation oh, okay. and ask a lot of questions, or they just kind of if they recognize that you're not a talker or you fall asleep they're not gonna bother you (laughs) have we ever mentioned the hairdresser within the carver college of medicine has he been mentioned on the show no but i have heard of this person so we'll give a special shout out to armando uh we have an m2 who actually cuts like half of the guys hair in our class downstairs in the locker room (laughs) Um, so you can keep doing fun things while you're in med school and i'm sure he makes a lot of money off of us so yeah so it's like a secret little insight and not anymore yeah Yeah. good to know yeah i'm gonna call him up right now um yeah i have heard that he's got a he's got a thriving uh, a thriving side side gig i don't know if he's doing it for the money or anything no i think he just really enjoys it it. yeah he at one point went to beauty school i think because he cut girls hair in the past but now he just cuts guys because girls can't come to guys locker room so i mean why does he do it in the locker room is he uh, clean up. Okay. Um, yeah. I think you should just do it in the atrium. <laughs> you can, just get a permanent the, chair. The building installed. people will be like, I don't think so. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, Armando, good luck. Enjoy. Yep. Do being being who you are. That is our show, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. You're welcome. I'll take out that long silence. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, you can talk about it or just about anything else you like in our Facebook group, The Short Coats Student Lounge. Use it as a place to share questions with us, ideas, resources, recommendations, and memes, whatever you want. If you don't like what you heard today, consider sending us suggestions and ideas in the Shortcoat Student Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> or you can send those things to shortcoats at gmail.com or leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT. The show is made possible by generous donation by Carver College Medicine Student Government and the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Catmosphere. We'll talk to you in one week. Oh,